Welcome to Business Works. This is Hal Alpiar, returning today with the second of our three-part interview with our very special guest, creative entrepreneur Valerie Connolly. If you have entrepreneurial instincts or interests, if you own or run a business, even a one-person business or a professional practice, Valerie's story will definitely inspire you to continue or to renew your pursuits. If you've not yet heard the first interview of this three-part series, we urge you to go uh, go to www.newstalk941.com slash podcasts and scroll back to Business Works. You go down there and scroll to Business Works and listen from the beginning. Um, today we're going to, if you heard that first part of the interview, you'll recall that Valerie's background included being a successful book publisher and author as an award-winning artist, uh, an accomplished musician and stage uh, uh, songwriter, also stage performer. Valerie's a patented inventor. And she is a retired French teacher and a world traveler who spent two years serving in the Peace Corps in West Africa. You heard, perhaps, that she's the mother of two life-success daughters in Colorado and Nashville, two sparkling grandchildren, Valerie's a 10-year resident of Cookville, Tennessee, a very dear friend, work associate and companion, and after publishing over 225 books nationwide and from other countries, too, she has retired this business to pursue the production of her original musical movie full-time. So, Valerie, can you explain to our listeners how your life accomplishments um, have fueled these new pursuits and what that feels like? It feels great, number one. Number two, I now see why I did all the things I did. If I go back to... The good and the bad. Well, <laughs> everything. Right. Um, I knew early in life that I wanted to be a musician, and I pretty much just trained for that. You told me that you used to play piano when you were... And I trained for that all the way through my college years. Two years old, four years old. Uh, that's a, nobody's ever heard of that before. <laughs> yes, I was quite young. Okay. Anyway, I trained for a musical career, performing, songwriting, uh, trying out for contests, doing all kinds of different things that most of my peers couldn't understand why I was doing all that, but I was voted most talented in my high school senior class. So that tells a little bit about it. But that isn't that isn't really important. That was just the the groundwork. That was the cement on the bottom floor of my of my basement. When I got out of college, I went in the Peace Corps. That was kind of a big right turn or left turn or circling in circles. You one might think, but it has provided me uh, a true understanding of the scope of human life. To Can live, you give us example. I will. So to things. to live in a house that has no electricity, no running water, you have kerosene for refrigerate kerosene little under tiny tiny refrigerators that will that we wouldn't even take to college um, to keep something sort of cold. Maybe have an ice cube or two. Um, bats flying in through the windows at night and bats. Bats and termites that built a, a a huge mound in the front of the compound, which we used for a garbage disposal. That is exactly what the termites were hoping for, because um, they feed on the things that people will pour down inside of there. Anyway, it's very interesting the kinds of things I learned that that bush grass that grows to be about twenty feet high 
you could imagine yourself to be a bug in the grass on your front lawn because you've seen bush grass and been in it. And you get lost really fast. You need a pretty big tractor mower. <laughs> you can't mow it. You have to burn it. It's that strong. But anyway, I'm trying to give you a picture of a life that was so different from my very comfortable middle-class life that I had grown up in. I'll tell you what my father said. As he took me to the airport, he says, you know, Valerie, I worked my whole life to see that you didn't have any concerns or, 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 or want for anything, that you wouldn't be poor. And the first thing you do is go live in poverty. And I said to him, Dad, yes, you did. You gave me a great foundation, and I'm curious to know what the rest of the world is like. And this is just the first step out into that world. And I hugged him and kissed him, and we both cried. And then I got on that plane and went to West Africa. And I'll tell you something. It is a foundation that taught me a lot because the women in the country, Togo, West Africa, where I lived, were the big entrepreneurs. They were the ones who shipped, who, who shipped in the the textiles that made the clothes that everybody wore. They were the ones who had the Mercedes driving down the street where everyone else was walking. They ran the country is what I understand. Well, they didn't run the politics of the country, but they ran the economy of the country. And whatever you wanted, if it was food or 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 clothing or any of those kinds of things the women had it going on. And this was Togo. Togo, West Africa. Mm-hmm. I I learned from that moment on that it's the women who make the world tick. And I know men don't like to hear that, but I'll tell you men if they were to harness the, the power of the women, there would be a whole lot more that there's plenty, but that's happening anyway. So but and that's, harnessing the power of the women, excuse me, is not implying that they should. Put, no, no, no. They should let it. They should let it expand. <laughs> ah. They should see it not as a threat, but see okay. it as a collegial yes. thing. Okay. So anyway, back to the. I got back from the Peace Corps. I worked for a couple of summers. A couple, no, yeah, summers and years uh, in the clothing industry. And I was gigging on the weekends and this sort of thing. And I what does that mean? Gigging? gigging? Oh, playing songs in clubs and gathering some steam guitar, in Chicago. Piano, Guit- both singing, guitar, yeah, all of that. Guitar, okay. piano, and singing and writing songs and doing mm-hmm. that. Then I decided I would get a little bit more conventional and teach. So I taught. I got a job teaching. Uh, French, which is my other major besides music and education. I had three majors, um, always a hard worker. And is that also from your father? I think it was just in me. Yeah, but he's a hard, he was a hard worker too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I did that because it was a a steady bread and butter thing. And then I continued working in the music side uh, alongside of all of that. 25 years later, well, 23 years later, I started my publishing business because I wanted to retire from my teaching, but I wanted to have that creative experience. So that was at the dawn of the print-on-demand techniques that came into the printing industry. And in 2003, I joined uh, Lightning Source at Ingram Book Company and began publishing. I thought I would publish my own books. And I might mention, by the way, that Valerie's published and written herself uh, books that uh, she she not only published them but edited them, designed them, including the covers, 
and help market them. For book no, for, I didn't market. Helped, I said. <laughs> no, I didn't help. But, but <laughs> I just told them what to do. <laughs> okay. Marketing so, is a whole other thing. To harness, uh, yes. Okay. No. But the, I wanted to mention that these books were not. Um, it wasn't just a series. These were books for children. They were novels. They were adventure books. One was a financial dictionary. They were biographies, healthcare books, sports books on fishing and running, business books, and a book on grandparenting. I mean, so this isn't just, you know, one flavor. Uh, I'm Swedish. It's my Swedish background. I needed the smorgasbord. (laughs) And so I wrote six books of my own. I'm still, I have the third novel waiting, but that's not here or there. That's not the point. No, but it demonstrates something. The point, the point I'm trying to make is in, in my world, I began to see a change. And so I decided to design that change and using that entrepreneurial spirit, spirit that started, I said last week, started with the lemonade stand on the corner. I said, how am I going to design the next time? So for 15 more years, I was a book publisher, still doing the music alongside, still learning all the the new technology coming into the music world. And suddenly it all made sense. I look back down that road and I see why I did absolutely every step. Now you say 40 years, you did 40 years getting ready for now. And I said, I would tell you absolutely yes. And that all by itself is something that an entrepreneur will do. They'll, they will take an entrepreneur will take whatever it is they are interested in and do it no matter what happens, even if they have to step sideways to make some other money to come back into their entrepreneurial life. Or be distracted life. by other events in life. And I, I know that you've gone through some um, some personal struggles, and, um, and I don't know whether other people think they are alone about that, but um, uh, you're— Back surgery, uh, you know, dyslexia, uh, things that most people don't want to know about. But it's important because it says a lot about who you are, that you overcame those and that you continued to charge forward, that you continued to do the things that you felt you needed to. And you didn't let any of that get in your way or get you down. Which is not to say you don't get down when you when you have to recover for a year from something that that was none of your doing, but I'm going to tell you this health issues, money issues, all of those things sort themselves out. You will never starve to death and you might be hungry, but you won't, you won't starve to death. And health is, is the engine that keeps you going. So you have to get whatever it is that isn't working. You got to make it work. And the role of God in your life. Well, God, God has always been there and kind of wondering, I think, why I was taking so long, <laughs> but he set it up that way. So what can I tell you? Anyway, yes. And there's a, there is an, a, a little bit of an inspirational thread through love is because we are not alone, no matter how alone we feel. And it is, it is a step that is very hard to take. And yet when you take it, all the doors begin to open. Well, we're going to leave the open doors there for a minute. We'll, Uh, let you hear the messages that support the show and we're going to ask you to stay with us and come back there's a lot more ahead thank you don't go away welcome back to business works this is hal alpr and valerie Connolly talking to you um, and with you about valerie's experiences in life and how that impacts entrepreneurial endeavors and 
And, uh, you know, how do you get yourself out of a hole? How do you move forward with your goals when it seems like everything else is against you? Um, Maybe you could share some of that thinking, Valerie. I have a number of things I can start with, but the one thing I want to recount is a little story. And it goes like this. I was walking down a road and I saw a hole and I fell in it. And I was in that hole for a long time. But I finally pulled myself out and then I continued walking down the road. I walked another mile or two and then I fell in another hole. And I was in that one a little bit less time than the last. And then I climbed out and went on to the next one. I saw the hole coming this time and I thought, well, it's probably not as deep as the others. I fell in that hole too, but I got out a lot faster. And then I was walking the road and I saw the, I saw the hole coming again and I walked around it and took another path. That's the essence of entrepreneurism. It's also the essence of life uh, activities and events that come at you when you're not expecting them and what you do with them. It's not just learning a lesson the hard way. It's making the most of it. Uh, well, it's, a, it's it, how many times you fall in the hole is up to you. Right. And that's the real point of the whole little story. Hal alluded to a back surgery. Yes, I had a back surgery. It was none of my own doing, and it required a year to get over it. And I had to learn to walk again. So once I got to the point where I could walk up and down the hallway in the apartment building I was living in uh, 25 times, I was allowed to walk outside and walk as far as I could around the building and back. Well, it was a big building and I walked halfway around and realized I could go all the way around. So I went all the way around. And this is in the early winter, uh, February, when there would be a thaw And I kept doing the up and down the hallway thing and got so that I could go around the building three times. Then I was allowed to walk further up a road. And it took me about a week to get to where I could walk to the end of the road and back again. I I, I would always know where my limit was and then I would come back. Finally, by the time April came, late May, I'm sorry, late March, early April, and the daffodils were blooming, there was a... Uh, a lake that was uh, kind of in the middle of a park and you could go there and sit and look at the lake and some people would go windsurfing and that sort of thing on this lake. It wasn't real big, just two miles around, sort of like the lake over at Cane Creek. And so I had a chance then to walk around this lake. Well, I, the first time I did that, I, getting from the car to the lake was all I could do. Then getting from the car to the lake and walking to the first bench was the next step. And I realized I was going to have to hit every bench all the way around. By the time I got halfway around, I was on this beautiful day, sunny and windy, and the daffodils were bloomed and they were, their heads were bobbing up and down. It was absolutely a gorgeous day. And that was the day I realized that if I went back, it was still halfway around. So instead of going back, I went forward. And I skipped all the rest of the park benches. And that was a healing moment. That was a moment when I realized no matter what happens, you can always move forward. And that's another entrepreneurial mindset. No matter what happens, a tornado hits the building. Um, It floods. Um, Nobody comes to the door for your product. I mean, anything can happen but you can still move forward. All you have to do is identify what it is you need to do. 
So in a personal realm, there are many opportunities in a human life to find the lesson, the meaning in the thing that looks like a setback, and it actually turns out to be a jump forward. And that's key. When I was doing block printing and inventing a a glow box and things like this, there were setbacks because I'd find myself up against something I didn't know how to do, and there was nobody who could show me how to do it. And that was still before internet. So I couldn't just jump on Google and find out or go to YouTube and get a hint, you know, but that's changed. And today there literally is no reason you don't know something except that you didn't try to find out. Uh, so, so, so some of these experiences then um, also led you to open new doors that you really had not tinkered with uh, that much as you, as you grew and went through these experiences, you started learning more about uh, uh Plants and trees and cooking and vegetables. No, oh, I knew all that birds. from my dad. Sorry, <laughs> my dad taught me all of that. Birds and, well, but, and then dogs, of course. That's another whole story. I've, I've <laughs> had a thing with dogs since I was a child. I can, tell I've always about, been able to communicate about, about Valerie that. Valerie and dogs. Valerie and dogs? Yes. In an entrepreneurial setting? Yes. Save the dogs. Make them whole and you'll make yourself whole. And that's the whole thing. All right. Well, that's a terrific thought. Uh, let's hold that one. But because, and I've written a song about it, dogs are better people than people. <laughs> okay. We, maybe we could get that uh, a little bit of that played on here. We'll we might we be able to do that. that. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so we'll see if we can fit that in someplace. The, um, so when you get back, when you get knocked down, you get back up and you fight with purpose. Uh, this is all about courage. Um, how important is it to have a hero? Who who is yours or was yours? Uh, um, you, you mentioned your father a few times, but um, was there anyone else um, in the world that you know you kind of inspired you in uh, in some of these directions? And we all have um, the occasional teacher. I had two in high school. One was an English teacher who many years later read my first script and loved it. And he had been retired for ages, but he gave me really great critique. The other was the choir director who first put me in musicals on stage. I had seen many, but I got to be in them. Mm-hmm. That was the whole, that was the real genesis of doing musicals. I wrote my first musical concept. I never finished it, but I wrote my first one when I was 16. Were you nervous to move from seeing it to doing it? Oh, absolutely not. It's who I am. I'm actually more home on stage than I am in the grocery store. (laughs) So, my, But I guess what I'm saying is a hero goes, along the way, there's always someone else who can bring you that much further down your road. But you have to find them. And if you do, you have to ask them. And that's a key thing. Learning to ask for what you need in a way that they want to participate in the project one way or another. And I'm about doing that kind of thing on a very large scale right now because my movie, musical movies range from 30 million to 150 million to make. Yes, there's a little bit of silence. I'm letting you take a gasp. It takes a lot of money to make a movie. An independent musical will be somewhere between five and twenty million dollars, and you got to find people to help you unless you have a rich uncle, which I don't have. 
Is that an impossible hurdle? Absolutely not. There are plenty of people out there who want to bet on that racehorse. And if that racehorse sings to them and makes them laugh and cry and makes them feel good and makes them look forward in their own lives, then they'll bet on it. Well, we are going to talk about the story um, the, and the backstory both of, of that movie um, into the third show. So we're, you're now listening to the second part of the, the three-piece interview with Valerie, and we're going to talk some more here before we leave. But the third show coming up um, next will be the one that focuses on what the movie's really all about and how that impacts all, all of the people involved with it as well as those who will see it and what it's aimed at. And uh, that, that's kind of interesting, interesting stuff to, to consider and think about. Um, so rising above life issues um, is it's really a requirement for anybody who who chooses success in life and wants to move forward. It's not you can't just dismiss things. Um, I would I would say this about that. You have to look at where you are and question yourself and say, what am I learning now? Right. Why am I learning this? When suddenly you're a single mom with two little girls and you're you're teaching, but you're miserable because your heart is broken. How? Why do I have to learn that? Well, the songs I've written really reach out and grab the heart. And there's a reason I had to be unhappy to make everyone else feel good about coming through right. and, and, and falling in love again, finding love again. So, yeah, go ahead. And, and that will play into what we talk about next week. So, so it, the bottom line here is if you're... If you're presently um, up a little gravel road in your garage and you're making something out of wood and um, you happen to sell it and now then you went to two or three of them and you sold those and you're starting to think about building this up as a business, um, you know, there's something to be said for starting it that way. If it, And it doesn't have to be a thing you make. It could be an idea. It can be uh, a fulfilling a dream that you have. It could be anything. It's, it's the spirit that you bring to it, the task, um, that makes it makes a difference. So we're going to uh, end with that for today and say thank you very much to Valerie for all of her input. We'll ask you to um, check back in if you haven't heard all three shows by next week. Um, be sure to go to www.newstalk.com. 941.podcast slash, I'm sorry, 941.com slash podcasts. Um, and, and you'll find the first show and hopefully the second one now and the third one coming up you'll be ready for. In the meantime, we hope you have a great week ahead and we'll look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you.